morning, St. Michael's, please stand. God, we come before you today just grateful and thank you that we get to be here in this place, Lord. That through you, the extraordinary is made ordinary. And that we get to participate daily and weekly and together in communion with you, God. So we come before you today expectant for you to move. Expectant for you to do miracles. Expectant spirit to fall in this place, God. In your name we praise you, Amen. Thank you, Father. In death, in life, I'm confident and covered by the power of your great love. My death
Well, if you don't remember anything, remember that. His love never gives up. Blessed be God, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And blessed be His kingdom, now and forever. Thank you, Jesus. Almighty God, you all hearts are open, all desires known, and from you no secrets are hid. Cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Christ our Lord. Amen. This hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. Second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than these. And as we prepare to celebrate the mystery of Christ's love, let us acknowledge our sins and ask the Lord for pardon and strength. Please kneel. Most merciful God, I confess that I have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what I have done and by what I have left undone. I have not loved you with my whole heart. I have not loved my neighbors as myself. I am truly sorry for the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ. Have mercy on me and forgive me that I may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy.
church throughout the world may persevere with steadfast faith in the confession of your name. Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Children. Something tells me he's always going to be first. <laughs> Bless you, children. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, go and learn of the things of God. Amen? Don't forget him. All right, go ahead, guys. From Isaiah, chapter 53, beginning in verse 4. 
Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions, he was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned every one to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter and a sheep before its shearer is silent. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison, from prison and from judgment. And who will declare his generation? For he was cut off from the land of the living. For the transgression of my people he was stricken. And they made his grave with the wicked, but with the rich at his death, because he had done no violence, nor was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He has put him to grief. When you make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days. And the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see the labor of his soul and be satisfied. By his knowledge, my righteous servant shall justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore, I will divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he poured out his soul unto death, and he was numbered with the transgressors. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. The word of the Lord. This morning's psalm is Psalm 91, beginning in verse 9, and we'll read it by the asterisk. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, no evil shall befall you. For he shall give his angels charge over you. In their hands they shall bear you up. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. With long life, I will satisfy him. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit. As it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Our second reading this morning is taken from the book of Hebrews, chapter 5, commencing in verse 1. For every high priest taken from among men is appointed for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sins. He can have compassion on those who are ignorant and going astray 
since he himself is also subject to weakness. Because of this, he is required, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer sacrifices for sins. And no man takes his honor to himself, but he who is called by God, just as Aaron was. So also Christ did not glorify himself to become high priest, but it was he who said to him, You are my son, today I have begotten you. As he also says in another place, You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. Mark. Glory be to thee, O Lord. St. Mark chapter 10, beginning at verse 35. Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to Jesus, saying, Teacher, we want you to do for us whatever we ask. And he said to them, What do you want me to do for you? They said to him, Grant us that we may sit one on your right hand and the other on your left in your glory. But Jesus said to them, You do not know what you ask. Are you able to drink the cup that I drink and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with? They said to him, We are able. But Jesus said to them, You will indeed drink the cup that I drink and be baptized and with the baptism I am baptized with, you will be baptized. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it is for those for whom it is prepared. And when the ten heard it, they began to be greatly displeased with James and John. But Jesus called them to himself and said to them, You know that those who are considered rulers over the Gentiles lord it over them. And their great ones exercise authority over them. Yet it shall not be so among you. But whoever desires to become great among you shall be your servant. And whoever of you desires to be first shall be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life a ransom for many. The Gospel of our Lord. Praise be to thee, Lord Christ. Let's bow our heads. Lord, I pray that you would stir up in us your Holy Spirit and strengthen us and give us joy that overflows to those around. I ask in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, Bishop and I just uh, returned home from our House of Bishops, and I love going there because it's a you know it's a burden. It's a long way across the country, 
a lot of hours in the air, a lot of hours back, long meetings, sitting. I'm not used to sitting for eight hours listening to people talk. But the thing about it is every time I come back, I feel like I've been infused by the Holy Spirit. And as you sit there and you're bored to death, the Holy Spirit is infusing you with faith. And I'll tell you, it's a, it is a blessing. Thank you, Lord, for giving me the opportunity to do that. And even we had a saying in my business for so many years, if we had no work, send Jimmy out. Send him out to serve. Send him out to do the work of the Lord. Because God would always, in turn, pour out a blessing upon me and my business that I wouldn't be able to really explain to you. But it's the work of the Holy Spirit and the work of the Lord. Well, today, I want to talk to you about the gospel, about two of my favorite disciples, James and John. You know, this story that we just read is a pretty amazing story. Because to have the guts... To tell Jesus, I want to rule with you. I want to sit one on my right, one on my left. We want all the power over all these other people, is what they're basically saying. I want to be the boss. You know, in in Matthew, it goes into it a little more. They wanted this so bad that they got their mother involved. Salome was their mother, and... In that gospel narrative, they don't ask. They put their mother up. Mom, go talk to him for us. Go ask Jesus if we can sit at the right and left hand. And, you know, they're so bold. Like, Jesus, I want you to do whatever I ask of you. Is that our attitude sometimes when we pray? Jesus, do what I ask, please. We might not even say, please. But what happens? Jesus, you know, answers them and says, sorry, guys, it's not up to me. He had a a good answer for them. He didn't tell them no. He just said, it's not up to me. And the rest of the disciples, it says the other ten disciples were angry were jealous, were really stirred up. Why? Because they wanted to ask that question and didn't get to it quick enough. You know, the biggest problem that we have that fights against what God wants to do in our life is not the devil. It's ourself. It's our individual desire to accomplish something that would make us great. It's in every person. I mean, these are Jesus' disciples. These are the ones that left everything and followed him. And three-quarters of the way through their journey with Jesus, they're fighting who is going to be the best, who is going to have authority over each other. I don't think that happens in the church, does it? What do you think? Does it happen in business? 
Does it happen in, with your siblings or your family? This is a desire in every person to be great, to be the greatest, to have authority, to have power, to have money. But see, we have to war against ourselves, against individuality. God has called us to the body of Christ. We're members one of another. And we're called to serve one another, just as Christ served us. And the thing about us is we're born with this inside of us. Take little children. You want to see selfishness? You want to see someone who wants their way? Look at a little child. Take their toy away from them and see what happens. Or invite friends over for them to play with. And one of them have a very interesting toy. They all want it. They all want it. And fighting breaks out and pandemonium and crying. This is a picture of us. And it's a picture of what we should not be doing in our lives. We need to feed our souls, not ourself. And the way that I think is the best way to conquer ourself is to put ourself under authority, under the power of Jesus is to have the fear of the Lord in us. What is the fear of the Lord? It's a hard thing to explain. It's, it's not fear. You can't look up fear, then look up of, and then of the Lord and get an answer. The fear of the Lord is hard to explain. But I can tell you that God wants us to have it. And the best way that I can explain the fear of the Lord is every day we take a breath. We're all breathing right now. And we think nothing of it. Oh, we have fresh air. But the fear of the Lord says every breath that I breathe comes from Him. I live, I walk. I continue my life because the breath of God is in me. And I breathe a gift from Him. It's something that happens every moment of every day we take a breath. And we don't realize that it's God who gives us that breath. That's the fear of the Lord. Recognizing that God is the giver of life. That without Him, we can do nothing. I love the Scripture, Psalm 34, where it says, Let me teach you the fear of the Lord. And I've taught about this before, and God gave me this revelation. The fear of the Lord is to love life. To love it with everything inside of you. To honor it. To recognize it. That this life is from God. 
And I saw in my life, I've seen the desire that one can have to live. God's put that in every single one of us. A desire to live and to go on. And that's the fear of the Lord. That desire. You know, Jesus says, unless a grain of wheat fall into the ground, it abides alone. What is Jesus telling his disciples? If you want to be great, you have to die to your desires. You have to die to your the things that motivate you the most. You have to be servant of all. You have to be slave if you want to be the greatest. Nobody likes slavery. Slavery has become a really bad, bad word. But God has called us to be slaves, not to him, but to who? One another. You know, I was thinking about this morning as I got up and I was meditating on this, of all the things that I've had to die to. You know, I'm older than most of you. And I was thinking like, Lord, there's so many things that I've had to just give up on, die to. You know, you might look at someone and say, man, they're very successful. They're very happy. But you really don't know the story about that person. You don't know what they went through to get there. You know, when I know people are getting angry at someone or they're disgusted with someone because of the way they're acting, I have to continually remind myself and those around me, you're not in their shoes. You don't know what they're going through. You don't know what they're feeling. Our job is to be a light and a witness. One of the things that I remember having to die to was my business. And I struggled. I mean, I struggled for 35 years. I mean, not a short time. It seemed like an eternity. But it's like a woman giving birth to a baby. It's so much turmoil and travail, but as soon as the baby comes, it's forgotten. And my job here this morning is to help you remember some of the problems and struggles you've had in your life and how the pain that you felt in your, your soul. Because God every day wants us to die to ourselves. And this particular time, I remember I was driving back with my wife and all of our children from, from uh, Sacramento. And I knew I was losing my business. I knew I was losing everything. And we're just driving back, and we're just so depressed. I mean, we are just depressed. It's like 10 o'clock at night out in the middle of nowhere driving this old van, hoping we'd make it home. The children are sleeping. And we happened to turn on the radio. And there was a preacher on. 
And I go, oh, this is, this is interesting. We started listening. And as we listened, the Holy Spirit filled the whole van. And joy overwhelmed us. And before you knew, we were both weeping, praising God, and giving Him thanks. And the word was about being bitter or better. The only difference between bitter and better is an I, is self, is feeling sorry for yourself. I, 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 I can't do this. I feel bad. I wish it was different. I wish our business was doing better. It was all selfish. And bitterness is only anger. You get angry at your circumstance. You get angry at your situation. You get envious. Why do I have this? Why don't they have to go through what I'm going through? It took the Holy Spirit to breathe on us for us to catch it. The love of God filled the car. And the rest of the way home, we were praising God and thanking Him for what we had. Because we didn't want to be bitter. We didn't want to be angry at God. We didn't want to blame God for our bad situations. See, God gives us opportunity to overcome even when things aren't getting better. From one moment to the next, in an instant, suddenly, our hearts were changed because someone spoke a word and we received it. God has, uh, wants us to be able to speak timely words. Most of you know I... Uh, got a new boat. Well, I didn't. My wife did. But I was thinking about my old boat. How I had to die to that boat. That's why I was in no rush to do anything for a new boat. I had, you know, that was the last thing on my mind. Like, it'd be nice, but I, I know it's a lot of trouble. A lot of heartache, a lot of money, a lot of frustration. They say the thing about a boat is the two happiest days in one's life is the day they buy the boat, but the happier day is the day they sell the boat. <laughs> but anyway, I have this boat, and it's a, I'm in Africa ministering. For the Lord. I'm with Bishop Jeroge. I mean, I think I'm in God's will. I'm with a bishop. I'm in Africa. We're, you know, we're doing his, his will. And my boat is arrested by the authorities. They came, the bank came and snatched the boat from its slip and took it away. I get this call. It's Juan. You all know Juan. Jim, the boat's gone. It was here an hour ago. I came back. I went to the store. I came back, and the boat is gone. 
I mean, it's a big boat. What do you do with a 58-foot boat? They just don't disappear. But the boat is gone. Oh, I knew. I knew exactly who got it. (laughs) Because I'd been fighting this banker for about a year over this. They changed everything, and I had signed the papers, which I was regretting, but they took the boat. So here I am in Africa, I mean, as far away as you possibly could be from the circumstance or situation. And I say, wait a minute, Bishop, Christina, I have to go to the restroom. I walk into the restroom, I fall down on my knees, and I lift my hands to the Lord. And I tell the Lord, Lord, you gave me that boat. And if you want to take that boat, I give you that boat. But I want to just thank you and praise you for all the wonderful experiences I had on it. But I give this boat to you. Well, the Holy Spirit, again, fills the bathroom. And the Lord speaks to me right here in my heart. I gave you that boat, and I'm not taking that boat from you. And I'm going to tell you this, Jim House, no one, I'm telling you no one will take that boat without me taking it. And I'm not taking it. Hallelujah. So I called the banker and I said, hey, that's my boat and I'm getting it back. Basically, he said, over my dead body. Well, the day I got the boat back, he, I, he disappeared. He quit. He's gone. But I had sent him a bottle of wine just in fun. I sent him a bottle of wine. And I said, thank you. You've really helped me in my life. No response. Because I looked at that as me being tested. Me being asked, is this more important than God? Do you love this thing more than you love God? I can go into many things I died to. I died to fishing. I used to go out on these fishing boats all the time. The Lord said, you've got a family to raise. Give it up. Don't go. Lord, but I want to go. I like to go. It's all about me out there. I can show how good I fish to everyone. God gives back a hundredfold. With my marriage. I had to die to ever getting married. I'll never forget the moment. I laid on my bed at 21 years old and lifted my hands to God and said, Lord, I'm going to serve you with all everything I have. I don't care if I ever get married. You're more important than marriage. You're more important than my desire, than my dreams. Guess what? The Holy Spirit filled the room. And peace came over me. And I had an intimate relationship with Jesus. Those things soon pass, though, Bishop. You get those moments. But those things soon pass. 
And you have to walk by faith. You have to think back and remember what God spoke to you. And you have to tell self, you're going to be a servant self. You're going to be a slave. You're going to obey. You know, you know the world is going wrong because all the world cares about is their self. They've even made a magazine called Self. I don't think it's too good. You know, when we were in Operation Rescue, their chant was, my body, my right, my choice, me, me, me. We're called to be better than that. We're called to be Christians. And Christians serve. And Christians lay down their life. Hallelujah. Praise you, Lord. See, I came back filled with the Holy Spirit, Bishop. This wasn't in me when I left. I was thinking, oh, poor me. Oh, wow. Things aren't looking as good as they looked last year. What am I going to do? Isn't that human nature? Self wants to grab hold of you. This is the problem with the disciples. And they told Jesus, yes, Jesus, we're willing to drink the cup. We're willing to be baptized. They didn't know what they were saying. They thought that sitting on the right hand and left hand of Jesus in his glory was now. They thought they were going to sit on a throne judging the world. Because they were following the king. They just didn't know where the king was going. He kept telling them, I'm going to the cross. I'm going to be crucified. I'm going to be humiliated and spat upon. Can we follow you? Can we sit at your right hand and left hand? Can you imagine that? They had no idea. And you know, it's the same with us. We have no idea what God has for us. We have no idea of the blessings nor the trials that we're to face. But he wants to have this inner strength in us. He wants us to have the fear of the Lord where every breath that we take, we give glory to him. You know, I, used to, I, sing a, I like to sing songs. I'm, I'm terrible. I, I have a terrible voice. And I used to annoy everyone around me. But I love to sing. I love to give praises to God. And this song that I've been singing this week, I'll read it to you. In Him we live and breathe and have our being. Make a joyful noise. Tell Him of your love and dance before Him. When was the last time you danced before the Lord? God wants us 
to dance before him. God wants us to praise him. He wants us to sing songs to him. He wants us to give him glory because it just pushes self down. We step on self. We grind him into the ground. And I need tools to do that. Nobody wants to hurt themselves. But when you see God in his glory and you see what God has for you, it becomes a glorious thing. It becomes an exciting thing. It becomes a thing you don't want to miss out on. I could go on. I could go on, but I think you got the gist of what I'm saying. And I can tell you today, God's encouraging you. He's encouraging you. He's telling you today, you're going to make it. He's telling you today, everything is going to be okay. I don't care what your finances look like. I don't care what your prospects look like for marriage or children. God's bigger than all that. God is so much bigger than that. You know, I'm, I'm the patriarch of my family. Just by my age and everyone else's before me is gone. So I had to take the responsibility. But I have a vision for my family. I have a vision for you in this church. And the vision came from God. It either came from an angel or it came from a homeless woman who looked pretty bad. But the vision she gave us, she gave me for my family and for you, is that we're salmon swimming upstream against this pagan culture. That's what St. Michael's is all about. We're fighting the stream where everyone else is going. We're going upstream. And guess where it leads that salmon? When it gets finally where it needs to go. It dies. Wow, what a sad story. <laughs> but guess what? In its death, new life comes. It lays its eggs, and all of the eggs hatch, and they feed on that dead salmon's carcass. New life. But that's, that's the vision. All my children, I'm telling you, we have to, and my grandchildren, we have to swim upstream. We have to fight what's going on in the world today. And it's the way of death. <laughs> Hallelujah. Okay, now I'll stop. <laughs> Please stand. Join me as we affirm our faith. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and of all things visible and invisible. And in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, begotten of his Father before all worlds, God of God, light of light, very God of very God, 
begotten, not made, being of one substance with the Father, by whom all things were made, who for us men and for our salvation came down from heaven and was incarnate by the Holy Spirit and the Virgin Mary and was made man and was crucified also for us under Pontius Pilate. He suffered and was buried, and the third day he rose again, according to the Scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and is seated on the right hand of the Father, and he shall come again with glory, to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom shall have no end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father, who with the Father and the Son together is worshipped and glorified, who has spoken through the prophets. And I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I acknowledge one baptism for the remission of all sins, and I arose for the resurrection of the dead, and the life of the world to come. Amen. Amen. Father, we pray for your holy Catholic church, that we all may be one. Grant that every member of the church may truly and humbly serve you. That your name may be glorified by all people. We pray for all bishops, priests, and deacons. That they may be faithful ministers of your word and sacraments. We pray for all who govern and hold authority in the nations of the world. That there may be justice and peace on the earth. Give us grace to do your will in all that we undertake. That our works may find favor in your sight. Have compassion on those who suffer from any grief or trouble. That they may be delivered from their distress. Give to the departed eternal rest. And that life perpetual shine upon them. We praise you for your saints who have entered into joy. And we also come to share in your heavenly kingdom. Almighty eternal God, ruler of all things in heaven and earth, mercifully accept the prayers of your people. Strengthen us to do your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Peace of the Lord be always with you. With your spirit. Turn and greet your neighbor with the peace of God. Well, good morning. Good morning, everybody. Uh, I've got a really light uh, amount of announcements this morning, but we do have we have some good news coming out of Las Vegas, at least uh, in our church. Uh, John House, Deacon John House, will become Father John House. Uh, I think that's next weekend. A lot of us, I know, are going out there, so just uh, pray for safe travels. I know the clergy's going out there as well, right, for the clergy retreat at the same time. So keep that in your prayers. Uh, we had a great sign-up for men's retreat. And uh, just those of you who have signed up, uh, work on getting your payment to me over the next couple weeks. If there's anyone else who isn't sure if I know you're on the list, come tell me. Or if you want to be on the list, come tell me. Uh, we'll make room for anyone who wants to go. So uh, please let me know about that, and then just work on getting your payments into me over the next few weeks. 
absolutely guarantee you without a shadow of a doubt that you're supposed to go. <laughs> but uh, there's, like Father said, there's hearing and there's obeying. <laughs> Anything else new? <laughs> Yeah. We have stuff going on around here, let me tell you, folks. This is the what's happening place. We're so excited. Amen. Christy. Amen. That or husband did it before. <laughs> All right. Phil, pray for us. As we prepare, <clears throat> excuse me. As we prepare to receive the body and blood of Christ in the Eucharist, let us respond to God's word by engaging with him in musical worship and presenting to God our tithes and offerings out of that which God has given to us. Through Christ, let us continually offer to God the sacrifice of praise, that is, the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. But do not neglect to do good and to share what you have, for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. in 
everywhere to give you thanks through Jesus Christ our Lord through his cross and resurrection he freed us from sin and death and called us to the glory that's made us a chosen race a royal priesthood a holy nation a people set apart everywhere we proclaim your mighty works for you call us out of darkness your own wonderful light and so with all the choir of angels in heaven we proclaim your glory and we join in their unending hymn, Friends. Let your Holy Spirit come upon these gifts to make them holy, so they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. For he's given up to death a death he freely accepted. He took bread, he gave you thanks, and gave it to his disciples. And he said, take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When supper was ended, he took the cup, and again he gave thanks and praise. He gave it to his disciples, and he said, Drink this, all of you. This is my blood of a new covenant, 
which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Whenever you drink it, do this in remembrance of me. Let's proclaim this mystery of faith. Christ Christ has died. died. Christ Christ is is risen. risen. And Christ will come again. In memory of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Father, this life-giving bread and this saving cup. We thank you for counting us worthy to stand in your presence and to serve you. May all of us who share in the body and blood of Jesus be brought together in unity by the Holy Spirit. Lord, remember your church throughout the world. Make us grow in love together with our patriarch, Craig, and all of our clergy. We especially remember the sick and the infirmed in spirit, soul, or body. We hold up this day, Connie, Susan, and Carl, and Serena, Naomi, and Sonia, and Sandra, and Karen, and Tammy, Maria, Kyle, and Jean, and Mario, Patrick, Romano, Laura, Robert, all those who serve in the armed services, the Chuck Mountain family. Draw our hearts to remember the poor and the broken. As we receive the body and blood of Jesus, may we be transformed and become the body of Christ to the world. Have mercy on us all. Make us worthy to share eternal life with the apostles and the martyrs and all the saints who have gone before us. May we praise you in union with them and give you glory through your Son, Jesus Christ. By him and with him and in him in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all honor and glory is yours. Almighty God and Father, now and forever. Amen. Jesus taught us to call God our Father. We have courage to pray. Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the peace. Hallelujah. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Have mercy upon us. Lamb of God, you take away the sins of the world. Grant us thy peace. The gifts of God for the people of God, take them in remembrance that Christ died for you and feed on them in your heart with thanksgiving. Blessed are those who are called supper of the Lamb.
In thanksgiving, let us pray. Eternal God, Heavenly Father, you have graciously accepted us as living members of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And you have fed us with spiritual food in the sacrament of his body and blood. Send us now into the world in peace and grant us strength and courage to love and serve you with gladness and singleness of heart through Christ our Lord. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in the battle and be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all evil spirits who wander through the world seeking the ruin of our souls. Remember the gospel, God was in Christ Jesus reconciling us. Reconciling the world to himself, not counting men's sins against him. He loves us. He's forgiven us. He's not mad at us. Best of all, he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. The blessings of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be amongst you. Remain with you always. Amen. Amen.